And on front page this morning with me in the studio is Hafiz Yatim, assistant editor at Malaysia Kini. And online, I have Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. Now, let's talk about Cameron Highlands, all right? Now, DAP stalwart Lim Kit Siang sees a chance to take Pahang if PH can capture Cameron Highlands in the January 26th by election. Now, DAP candidate is uh, M. Manugaran. What are his chances in this by election, Afis? In the Cameron Highlands by election, you'll see uh, a first contest after the 14th general election where the state government is controlled by BN and um, the federal government is controlled by Pakatan Harapan. So um, it is an interesting contest in the sense that this is the first time that it's going on after the 14th generation. And uh, to see uh, what are the chances is that last time Manogaran lost by about uh, 521 votes. So there is a slight chance for him to win. I guess the factor lies in uh, other factors in the sense that because besides uh, Manogaran, we heard that uh, MKVS of would be contesting of, of my right. P- my PP. What are what do you feel are his uh, chances? Um, I think it, it it might be good, but I'm worried in the sense that Pakatan Harapan uh, cabinet ministers have started campaigning before the the campaign starts, uh, as highlighted by uh, concerns by Bersih. So mm. I'm worrying in the sense that we are coming back to the old uh, BN style of things, Right. Your thoughts, Faris. Uh, my thought about this, uh, it is quite interesting as what Hafiz mentioned just now. It's just we can see it, this is the first time it is, uh, we know the state government run by the Barisan National and uh, the state, uh, this is the first time that whatever that Kisang uh, said that maybe it will be uh, the first time that the AP will win in uh, state of uh, Min Pahang, right? So the first seat for the APs and they will conquer Pahang after GE15. So, but we have to look in the demography of uh, the voters in uh, Cameron Highland. In my PPP, President Tantri M. Kavis, uh, have done a lot of events in Cameron Highland before, and I right. see how the Orang Asli, uh, the perception about my PPP, about BN, about the APs and everything, this is quite interesting, I think. And, and we can we can see what, what the outcome of this uh, by-election, uh, either the Pakatan Harapan, how the voters uh, feel, uh, especially the Rasti about Pakatan Harapan and about the previous government, which is the answer. This is quite interesting. Right. So the perception with the Orang Asli is that PPP is doing a great job? Yeah. Now, Orang Asli, uh, the Pribuni, which is, uh, they, they look at which party that can give a lot for them uh, benefit. Right. So, like, before this, my BP have done, uh, a few parties have done a lot of, uh, I mean, changes, benefit are given to, to the Orasli. Uh, years before the GE, they already make a lot of events, they, 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 they meet up with, with all the Orasli and what's on, even the DAP and Manukari are doing the same. So, it's quite complicated to tell mm. what, what the outcome, but it's quite interesting to see it. Well, coming up in the next story, Malaysia tells Myanmar um, to assume responsibility for <coughs> Rohingyas. We will find out with Hafiz Yatim, assistant editor of Malaysia Kini, and Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani, what their thoughts are up next here on Light. 
And on front page this morning, I have on the phone Faris Asman, journalist from Astro Awani, and in the studio, Hafiz Yatim, assistant editor of Malaysia Kini. Now, Malaysia tells Myanmar to assume responsibility for Rohingyas. In fact, um, our Deputy Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Dr. Wan Aziza Wan Ismail, said it is not right that neighboring countries such as Malaysia are saddled with the responsibility to care for the Rohingyas as there are Myanmar people who have been denied citizenship. Now, is this this plea in vain? What is Myanmar's response to this um, international pressure? Faris? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, Myanmar, if we're talking about what happened to Rohingyas, more than, I guess, like more than 40 years, the things, the drama, the, we call it genocide, but some sometimes the Myanmar said it's not genocide, that what happened to the Rohingyas, which is what the, the Deputy Prime Minister said, that Dr. Sri Dr. Maziza said, that we must pressure, give a pressure, like an Asian, I mean, we are from ASEAN countries, uh, we should uh, keep pressure, pressure to Myanmar, which is, as we, we know, that they denied the citizenship of the Rohingyas. For me, uh, Malaysia should do that, and all uh, ASEAN countries should continue uh, to look this as a main thing that uh, ASEAN should do, which is put on pressure to But, you know, th- there has been so much international pressure, not just from the ASEAN region, but internationally from the U.S., from, yes. from everywhere, and yet Myanmar stands firm on this issue. I mean, what will it take? I think Malaysia sh- should call a, what you call a regional summit within the ASEAN region to help uh, resolve the problem and, you know, to pressure Myanmar. Besides Malaysia, I guess, uh, some other countries in the region have also voiced concerns and uh, Malaysia being one of the origin countries which form ASEAN have a responsibility to uh, safeguard in terms of the refugee crisis in this region mm-hmm. especially so that you find that most of them are running, most of these Rohingyas are running towards Thailand and some of them uh, into Malaysia and yes. into Bangladesh. So it's become a problem for the past uh, couple of years and I guess it's a humanitarian thing uh, for Malaysia being a former uh, United Nations uh, Human Rights Council member to uh, help alleviate the situation. Right. Does Malaysia have a responsibility or obligation towards refugees in general? Uh, yes, we have because we have in the past take care of Vietnamese refugees in the 1970s. So I guess we should do the same against the Rohingyas and I think uh, we have been taking them, I think several thousands of them in, in the past under the UN refugee schemes. Mm, okay. But at this point, um, you know, where does Malaysia currently stand when it comes to providing asylum? Um, I guess some of them have been given asylum that would depend on the application by the uh, refugees in the sense that with the United Nations. They, I think they, there is a strict a stringent process on who uh, can be granted asylum or who cannot. I guess uh, those uh, political detainees, they can ask for asylum. All right. right. Well, with us this morning on Front Page is Hafiz Yatim, Assistant Editor at Malaysia Kini and Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani. When we come back, we will take a look at the Petrol Dealers Association of Malaysia who've come out against former Prime Minister Datuk Sri Najib Tun Razak's claim that the government is helping petrol dealers profit from the new petrol prices. That is up next here on Light. 
With me this morning uh, in the studio is Hafiz Yatim, assistant editor at Mnijikini, and Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani on front page. And taking a look at this headline, Petro Dealers Association of Malaysia have come out against former Prime Minister Najib Razak's claim that the government is helping petrol dealers profit from the new petrol prices. I guess the question this morning is, in your opinion, what do you think about the recent price drop considering the cost of fuel purchased by the petrol dealers? Hafiz? Yeah, I think there is, the price drop is expected in the sense that the oil prices uh, worldwide have been declining for the past, I think, one or two months. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a uh, long awaited in, and I guess the petrol dealers should have expected it for quite some time. Although uh, Malaysia has adopted a one-month tilling price period mm-hmm. uh, where the prices of oil is, is maintained. I understand the concerns by the Petrol Dealers Association in the sense that they may be losing a lot because they might have uh, purchased the oil uh, at a higher price before. So I understand the concerns and uh, raised by them and uh, what was raised by uh, Najib, I guess, uh, being the former Prime Minister, maybe he was just criticising the Pakatan Harapan government. Right. Your thoughts on this, Faris? For me, the oil prices that decreased, now one ringgit 93 cents for around 95, it is, is expected what uh, have you said. Mm-hmm. But in order to say about what the drama between, you know, now, it's, uh, we are seeing that uh, Najib always uh, bash out about uh, the price of petrol and what so on. Mm-hmm. And some of people saying that thank you to Datoshi Najib because of what uh, he said. Now the price has been uh, decreasing, but actually is a is a world crisis right now about the price of uh, oil. Yeah, the price drop of crude oil happened several yes. weeks back, right? Yes, and then I've been doing some research. I've been doing some, uh, I mean, interview by the petrol dealer. What actually that happened to them since 2008? Uh, uh, they 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 are suffering a lot actually because they are absorbed about the. We call about credit card, right? Mm-hmm. Example like credit card. Before this, like 10 to 20% of uh, the consumer use a credit card. Now, like mostly like 60 to 70% that consumer using credit card. They absorb the credit card, like 1 or 2% of that. Mm. They absorb. They face a lot of obstacles. They face a lot of, I mean, uh, the, the petrol dealers are now very critical for them to get uh, numbers, to get a very good margin. Yes. So, even though they say that one or two of them have a below income, like below the 4,000, like B14 right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have been depressured by all, uh, they have to, a lot of things <laughs> that they, they need to, uh, 0.75 and over 3 to 4 cents that, that the Sharikat Minya will consider to them, which mm-hmm. is, uh, it doesn't make sense. And the minister should look at this because uh, need to help the petrol dealers as well. Well, with me this morning on front page, taking a look at the headlines for the news that matters is Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani. And in the studio with me, Hafiz Yatim, assistant editor at Malaysia Kini. When we come back, we will take a look at the huge news. Kelantan Sultan Muhammad V resigns as Agong. Let's see what the constitution says. That's up next here on Light. And in the studio with me on on front page is Hafiz Yatim, assistant editor of Malaysia Kini. On the phone is Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani. This has been um, hogging the headlines the past day and a half. Kelantan Sultan Muhammad V has resigned as Agong. Hafiz, I guess the question is, what does our constitution say with regards to this 
Well, according to the federal constitution, the Agong can abdicate his duty and this is stated in Article 32.3 of the federal constitution which reads that the young Deputuan Agong shall be elected by the Conference of Rulers for a term of five years but may be at any time resigned from his office by writing under his hand address to the Conference of Rulers mm-hmm. or be removed from office by the Conference of Rulers and shall cease to hold office on ceasing to be a ruler. So this is provided for in the federal constitution that the Agong can resign or abdicate but I understand that this is the first time that this has happened. Yeah. So it's interesting in the sense that this is the first time that the Malaysian people are seeing after two years of uh, being at the top mm-hmm. most federal uh, position the Agong has abdicated his position as the young Dipertuan Agong. Yes. Now with me today is Hafiz Yatim Assistant Editor at Malaysia Kini and Faris Azman Journalist from Astro Awani. When we come back we'll find out what are the next steps in appointing the next young Dipertuan Agong. Also how long this process is likely to take. That is up next here on Light. With me today is Hafiz Yatim, Assistant Editor at Malaysia Kini and Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani on the front page. And yesterday it was announced that Perak ruler Sultan Nazrin Shah, who is the Deputy Yang Dipertuan Agong, would serve as Acting Yang Dipertuan Agong. So Hafiz, what are the next steps in appointing the next Yang Dipertuan Agong? In this sense, since Sultan Muhammad the V has abdicated his position, so the Timbalan Yang Dipertuan Agong, the deputy, will be the acting Yang Dipertuan Agong. So Article 33 kicks in of the Federal Constitution where the deputy Yang Dipertuan Agong was elected and a vacancy occurs in the office of the Yang Dipertuan Agong, his term shall expire on the cessation of the vacancy. What it means here is that Sultan Nazrin will hold that position until the new Yang Dipertuan Agong is elected. Right. And that will come, I guess, on January 24th, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. So it's right. not too far off. It's not that too far off. Okay, so uh, the process would involve the Conference of Rulers, yeah? Yes, the Conference of Rulers will have to elect among the nine Malay rulers who will be the next Ang Dipertuan Agong. But uh, we have a practice in the sense that I understand there's a practice. There's a rotation. There's a rotation. Mm. But it doesn't mean that it's done by secret vote or balloting. So maybe it can break traditions in a sense. Mm-hmm. The next in line should be Pahang. Yes. But as uh, reports say that Sultan Ahmad is, is not that well. So after that is uh, Johor and after that uh, is uh, Nazrin, Perak. But uh, we have to consider in terms of history, as I understand, before uh, Sultan Ahmad became our seventh young Dipertuan Agong, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. in the first round, I understand that the Sultan of Perak was initially elected, but he does not want to be the young Dipertuan Agong. Oh, at that time. At the time. At that time. That's what that's what I understand, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So at that time, yes, he doesn't want to be. Then he Sultan Ahmad became the next Yang Dipertuan Agong. Faris, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, on the same page. We're all, we're all on the same page. <laughs> okay. okay, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Of course, uh, Hafiz Yatim, Assistant Editor at Malaysia Kini, and Faris Azman, journalist from Astro Awani, taking a look at the front page, the news that matters.